It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the SteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we are going to be talking about the Steelers' upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals at Heinz Field in Week 3. Joining me, as always, for the triumphant trio, Dave Schofield, Editor at BTSC. What's up, Dave? Uh, not too much. Just had... I've been dealing with a lot of things with my house and everything going down, wearing out. And tomorrow is supposed to be the last thing that gets fixed until the next big thing happens. So Sounds like I'm you just, just knock something over. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> I, might, I don't know, but uh, I'm, you know, it's just one of those things where life has been crazy. Now I've been without, I've only without a freezer of my refrigerator, just, I was without AC for a couple of weeks, so I'm getting ready for life to get back to how I'm used to it being and have some Steeler football this weekend. Amen to that. Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's up, Brian? Gentlemen, it's so nice to be with you this evening. As always, I love the preview. I feel like uh, we need a happy preview. Last week was a happy preview. Um, then it ended up not being a happy preview. Uh, the My show that I do with Shannon White and Tony Defio was aptly named on Monday night called The Hangover because really was. So no, I did not just wake up. My gosh. <laughs> I, I'm doing something new with my hair. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to talk about my appearance here. I don't, I don't get it either. I don't know. Um, well, okay. Well, well anyway. the last time we were together was for the post game show. That's the problem. So True. this is the preview. We can always be happy with the preview because we should always be excited that the Steelers are getting ready to play again. And that there's an upcoming game. And it's like I said on my Twitter feed, I think it was Monday last week. I said, breaking news, the sun rose today and the Steelers play <laughs> this upcoming week. So like a lot of Steeler fans didn't realize that. But anyways, let's talk about the Steelers. Let's talk about the upcoming game. And nothing is more important right now, at least for the Pittsburgh side of the docket, than injuries. Oh my gosh, injuries. I can't remember a game where I've been this like looking at my watch, the injury report should be out soon. I wonder who's play, who's practice, what is it? So, Dave, why don't you read off the injury report for the Steelers leading up to this game this Sunday? 
All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers injury report. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? One at all. Let's give it to us. Okay, well, that, how about I give you the 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 new news? We'll do that. There was one new player added on Thursday. That was linebacker Marcus Allen with an abdomen injury. He did not practice on Thursday. He was not on the report Wednesday. So don't. that's one of those that when someone jumps – onto the injury report on Thursday, a lot of times you're like, yeah, was that just a little fluke thing or was it not? You kind of want to wait for Friday to see there. Um, he's only got special team snaps so far this year, so it is what it is. Um, let's go with let, let's go with some decent news. Um, Benjamin Todd <laughs> Roethlisberger didn't practice Wednesday with his pec injury. Even if he wouldn't have had a pec injury, he would have not practiced Wednesday and it would have said coach's decision. So right. he came back Thursday and he was limited, which to me is just like, well, we don't need to overwork Ben. So to, to me, the fact that he practiced at all was a good sign. Um, very similar to one Trent Jordan Watt and Joe Hayden, who were both limited on Wednesday. And I said, did these guys even really need, I mean, if they were hurting, it was okay if they didn't practice Wednesday, and yet they still practiced in a limited capacity. Now, T.J. Watt was still limited again today on Thursday, where Joe Hayden, he was back to full. I'm like, I look for Joe Hayden to not even I, – I'm I'm already checking him off right now, as long as he doesn't have a setback, which, you know, we don't want it. We don't want it on the Friday like last Friday. So let's see. So who haven't I covered yet? Um, Devin Keep Bush Devin was full. Bush. So there we're, we're, we're getting back – to things there. Um, Eric Ebron didn't practice as a coach's decision Wednesday. He was back to full on, on Thursday. No surprise. Now let's talk about the other guys that didn't practice. Okay. Deontay Johnson, no practice Wednesday and Thursday with the knee. Carlos Davis didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday with the knee. Alex Highsmith didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday with a groin. And Justin Lane went from limited on Wednesday with an Achilles to not practicing Thursday. I don't know if that that could have even been something that happened during practice, and that's why he was limited. He might have practiced some and then got hurt and didn't practice anymore. I don't know. So the the nature of when that injury occurred could really determines what to think with that. But um, what do you think of those guys not practicing? Do you think any of those are going to play on on Sunday? I don't think if any player, I mean, unless like someone like Deontay Johnson is even a part you know, limited or in some way practices in some way, shape or form. I don't think he's good. They're going to be playing. I don't think high Smith is going to play. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on the injury report? Once he unmutes himself. He there? Here we go. Yeah, he's there. He's got to unmute himself. Got to unmute himself. You're still muted, Brian. You are literally, I, I, I was well aware. You noticed my, my lips weren't moving. I was actually looking at the injury report just so I could have <laughs> more things to talk about. Well, no, he, he was and, doing a Seattle has two losses while I was no, running through no, everything. I, was not. I heard everything you said, and I kind of chuckled when everybody has groin injuries. And the only reason I'm laughing at groin injuries is because if you go back, I think it was an episode of Cheers in 1984. Yes, I was going to talk about this tonight. 1985. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do this. Well, wow. yes, we're thinking alike. Thinking about it. Sam Malone was wrapping the TV store. <laughs> groin. <laughs> groin. A groin. Injury. Injury. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. So Every I, time I, I hear a groin injury, that's what I think of. 
So, so I was making sure I was trying to count how many groins were on were on the, the report, and and then I couldn't find my my uh, icon to get back. So that's what happened. Look at Lake Effect Snow sticking up for me. That that's really nice. I appreciate that. You know what? Yeah. I look at this. Guys are practicing today. That's good. The injury report tomorrow. As and this is Dave. You guys have talked about yeah. this, but th that's really what you know. That what's going to happen on Friday. We we were all for some reason. You guys weren't, but a lot of us were surprised when they saw the injury report. Excuse, excuse me. The uh, the uh, roster and the uh, the scratches. And to see those two names on there, Hayden and Bush, but they were on the injury report on Friday, and that's kind of what messed them up, um, kind of messed the team up because you don't have a chance to uh, kind of figure that out. So when you're a new addition to that that report, that's when it's a problem. But I think that whole game changed the other day with Watt. I think they were still. I still contend that if he's in that game, they're probably okay because that kind of messed up that rotation. And I, I agree how important Joe Hayden was. And to see him tonight on that, I mean, with practicing, that's fantastic. Now, I will say this, Dave, I'm very disappointed, and I don't think it's fair because, you know, we've been doing the Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. We've been doing Trent Jordan Watt, and I know we've been doing that for a while. Why doesn't Joe Hayden deserve a middle name? Joseph Walter Hayden the third. Okay. He's the third. Yeah, he was the third. Joe Wally I mean, Hayden. Because I mean, like every time I have to go say something about Melvin Ingram, and I have to say Mel Melvin Ingram the third, and Ulysses Gilbert the third. I didn't know Joe Hayden had the third on there. Yeah, he's start throwing that third. in there. Joseph Walter, Joey Wall. Mm -hmm. There you go. Let's let's make something also very clear. I got a text message from one of my good friends who's a season ticket holder of the Baltimore Ravens. He said, "Oh, I see Ben's nursing injuries." You know, he he always says that Ben's the guy that wants to drum up an injury so he can look like a gladiator. And I said, "I'm not going to disagree with you." But what I'm going to say is that the Steelers have to be very careful with how they label injuries. Um, they've been called out several times in the past, what two seasons for injuries. I mean, this goes back to Le'Veon Bell's groin injury uh, back in, what, 2016, maybe? Um, just happens to be another groin injury. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Who but knows no, what mean, it's like to have a groin yeah. injury? But think about Sorry. last season, or actually it was actually this preseason, when David DeCastro is released and he talks about how he has to have surgery on his ankle, and then everyone's like, mm -hmm. well, wait a second. David DeCastro was never on any injury report because of the uh, ankle injury, I said groin. And so it's one of those situations where I can see why the Steelers are saying, look, we're going to talk about everything. It pull a bill, 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 check at this point, you know, you're like, okay, here's the deal. We are, Ben's got a pectoral injury that it might not impact Ben's throwing at all, but ultimately we're going to, we're going to put him out there. Why? Because we're not going to get a draft pick taken away. We're not going to get fined. I get why they're doing what they're doing. And that's every little injury. Hey, put it on the report what you got to do save your own rear end so um ben's injury though being the fact that it's on his left side is not going to be as troubling if this were a shoulder uh right side pectoral injury that would be he would be on the shelf for at least probably three weeks so um i think he'll be okay personally but let's uh, let me ask a question i had this written down and i was like you know what i'm gonna ask it to the guys that if we have time we're gonna make time you think Ben plays better when he's a little banged up? You know what I mean? I'm not talking about a serious injury or coming off of an injury where he missed several weeks. Do you think he's 
there's something about Ben that when he, he's he's a little bit better when he's got that. Oh, he's got the ankle or he's got the thumb. Back in 2005, I remember Chris Berman saying, you know, get um, under my thumb and singing the Rolling Stones as he scrambled in Minnesota in the dome to score a touchdown. Uh, Dave, what what do you think? Is Ben play a little bit better when he's a little banged up? I I have a theory as to what if if that really is the case. I don't have the data in front of me to know that if he does or not. It's something. <laughs> it seems like he does. But if he does, here's what here's why I think he does. Because if he's banged up a little bit and he struggles at all, it's a lot easier for them to say, "Hey, you're. We think this injury is affecting your play. We're going to set you down." And Ben doesn't want to sit down. So it's like he ri- he wants to rise above it because he doesn't want to have to you know, say, oh, you're not getting the job done. It's because of the injury. You're coming out. That's my own personal thought as to why that would could be the case. And honestly, if he rises above that, then I hope he's dinged up every week. <laughs> okay, Brian, I'll let you answer it. Go ahead. What do you think? When I think of Ben Roethlisberger, I think of the Hans Gruber quote from Die Hard. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? <laughs> Actually, that's not bad. That, that, <laughs> that actually wasn't bad. I have no was, idea what you're talking about. That was about. one of your better impersonations. It's better than your Yinzer, by the way. <laughs> Touching, cowboy, or should I say Mr. McLean? Okay, so <laughs> with that being said, Ben likes to play the cowboy. Ben, ben likes I, – I think Ben goes to bed at night dreaming – of being a cowboy in the old West and going back in time. I saw an old episode of fantasy Island when these guys just today, I don't know why I was watching it from 1978, but these guys wanted to go back in time and like fight like Jesse James or something. And they wanted to be cowboys. They wanted to be Butch Cassidy and the Sendai's kid. And I really think that's what Ben wants to do. I think he, I I think he's going to be like city slickers. And when he's retired, he's going to go on those trips with uh, Billy Crystal and uh, Daniel Stern and Bruno Kirby. This is just what he wants to do. I think he likes, look, I like the, uh, I don't mind when I uh, rise above an injury and, and make something happen. And when I, when I uh, do a podcast hurt, you know, but when Ben, (laughs) Ben, like Ben loves the idea of, coming in and saving the day banged up limping in he dreams of willis reed too from 1970 with the new york knicks just coming out limping out you know he loves that i i I really think that he does play better and uh, no he's not faking it he's hurt i mean this this happened but there's some embellishment and there's a a little bit of uh there's a little bit of mustard on it and then he comes out and he's like guess what boys yippee-ki-yay i just saved the day yeah, do you think it's maybe because he has a crutch if he doesn't play well? Do you think that a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, if, if he throw, goes out and throws two picks and doesn't play well, I mean, we know why. But it, do you think that has anything to do with it, Dave? I mean, it, it could be. I still say I'm like, has Ben ever been, quote unquote, benched where he hasn't, where it hasn't been like he can't return to the game because of injury? You know what I'm saying? I mean, any other time he's been out, it's because the injury wouldn't allow him to play at all. So I think he kind of has that streak mentality. You know, I don't ever want to have it be where they have to pull me out for ineffectiveness due to an injury. So I better do better at the injury. I don't. It. Who knows? I. You could be. You could be right with that, Jeff. Okay, uh, Brian. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I. I think he's absolutely correct on that. 
All right. Brad Jewett gives us 1999. He said a penny short, but I'm a man of my word. I don't know what he's referring to. I can explain that. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. He was wondering if he bet $20 that I was wearing a Xavier Grimble jersey, number 85. (laughs) You probably have one. He <laughs> probably no, has two. He probably has one. I one do and not. Black. After after he screwed our season against the Broncos, I'm still never forgetting. You were at my house for that, Dave, weren't you? The Broncos. I don't or... know. I've, I've been there for some for some pretty bad losses. I'm trying to remember yeah. if that was one. I don't or know not. if you've ever been there for a win yet, but um... no. I was because you made me you made me watch the game like ten minutes behind. Oh when, yeah, okay. When Mika Fitzpatrick picks off Baker Mayfield, that's right. That and then game. you quit coming and, and ditched me for Jeff. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, can is, you write breaking news articles? I know. I I get it. I'm sorry, but I I quit doing that. But I digress. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> that's okay. But no, okay. we, they, they they won that game against so, the Browns. No, this is actually an Eric Ebron jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was made of his word. I mean, if you want me to prove it, I will, but I can vouch for him. I, yeah, there it is. I think you can see it. There you go. We see it. Who's Urban? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you run that risk when you get jerseys. I get jerseys. Fell off the boat. Okay. Let's get talking about this upcoming game in week three, Sunday at Heinz Field, the Cincinnati Bengals' first divisional game for any team in the AFC North. All the AFC North is one and one right now. We're talking about bright spots. Everyone's doom and gloom all week after the loss, but we want to say there are some things that we can glean from the Steelers that are saying, hey, you can hang your hat on this, that they're doing this well, or this player is playing well. So this could be a player. This could be an aspect of the team. Um, Let's start with you, Dave. Give us a bright spot for the Steelers team heading into week three. Are we keeping it to one side of the ball for now? Or You can do any side of the ball you want. I'm going to say one of the brighter spots on the offensive side is the – I'm going to say the the readiness and per- preparedness to be ready to step up of one tight end Pat Freremuth. Mm, I think made my between list. between the blocking and the receiving and everything. Now, like I said, it was his second NFL game. If he could have just broke that, he had three guys trying to tackle. If he could have broke that tackle, then nobody questions not going for it on fourth and one because he gets the first down. Um, I don't blame but, him, though. That was I don't either. Play. I mean, <laughs> it, there was three or four guys on him. Yeah. He was fighting, fighting, fighting. I mean, and sometimes you got to realize the defense makes a lot of money to try to stop you as well. So, but I, I feel like he's been a, a real bright spot, and I think he'll just – I mean, his his snap counts have exceeded Eric Ebron both weeks. I think he's someone who's going to continue to, to grow and to blossom into what the Steelers said. Because at the time, I didn't want them to draft him because I knew – I was – I wanted him to go offensive line in round one, you know. And I'm kind of – people are seeing why that I kept saying all off season, you know, if the right guy was there, that – if you don't rebuild the line, none of the other stuff's going to matter. But at least Fairmouth is showing that, hey, the Steelers really saw something, and that's why they they took him where they did. Did you, anyone watch Ben's uh, press conference this week in its entirety? I know I did. I did. Did you hear what he know. said? Oh, did, did you, you got to be on your face? No, not that. <laughs> that wasn't funny, but no. Where he said, yeah. I talked to Coach Canada and said, yeah, we was talking about forever. We need to get Pat Fryermuth involved. And I'm thinking, is it, that's all it took? Yeah. That's all it took was saying to Coach Canada, we need to get Pat involved. And four catches later, he's four for four, and they're moving the ball down the field. 
<laughs> Hello, come on. Now, I'm I not blaming that, Coach Canada, that. though. No, I'm not, but I heard that, and I'm literally <laughs> cleaning dishes in the kitchen. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this sounds so bad to me, but anyways, I, no, I, I don't because, know. If I, yeah. Because it might have been that maybe maybe Coach Canada didn't realize that, you know, you, you still got to do what your quarterback can do. So the right. fact that your quarterback is saying, I mean, Coach Canada is probably like, finally, let's do it. Well, you know? My gosh, let's let's do that in week three, all right out of the gate. Let's not wait until the second half, fourth quarter to start attacking the middle of the field with the yeah. tight end. It doesn't have to be a deep seam pass. Think about what he used to do with Heath. Yeah. Gosh, Heath well, would run ten yards, curl, boom, first down. I they're mean, they're going against a of uh, a, a single deep safety constantly, and that's why yeah. they can't run the ball. Jeffrey outlined that beautifully. On why can't I remember the name of that podcast? Cutting room floor. Cutting room floor. <laughs> yes. yes. It's a good yes. show. And 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 that's and, and that's what they have to do. And that's why you're not seeing those passes there. But you're right. Even just those intermediate passes to the tight end in the middle of the field is really going to help. Yeah. Okay. Brian, you can either talk about Fryermuth, but either way, you're going next. So what's your bright spot? Fryermuth was number one on my list, but I could go somewhere else. And I really, I really love what he's doing. I was actually uh, trying to lobby Jeff the other day to put him on the winner's list because it it seems like he could change a lot of things for that team. And I could see if they start going to him more, that's going to open up that middle of the field. And then my gosh, if he's in the middle of the field, then you're going to open up with the other wide receivers uh, on the ends. And that's who I want to talk about today. And with Deontay Johnson hurt, I want to talk about a guy who I think is, I love his 2021 season so far. And it's Juju Smith-Schuster. I love it because I really think he's going to be a bright spot in this game. I feel like he is the guy that when the chips are down, that Ben's going to trust. And he, he has... He's looked really good this year so far. I don't know if he has a drop. He has one. Uh, I don't think unless I'm just watching wrong and watching with the black and gold colored glasses, but I really like what he's doing. I think he's playing warrior football. Uh, we always talked about how he does the combative catch, but with Deontay gone, there's going to be more opportunities for Chase Claypool, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Juju Smith-Schuster to say, I'm taking the reins, and he's he's done that. And when it comes down to it, Juju can do that, and we're not going to see – you're going to see more touchdowns than you are yards. When I, when I say, you know, he's not going to have 18 yards and 19 touchdowns. I'm not saying that. I'm just going to say the yards aren't going to be fantastic for him but you're still going to have the catches like 97 catches last year. You're going to get a lot from Juju and the way the other receivers are set up. I, I think they'll do really well. Um, but Juju's still the leader of that group. Don't be mistaken. Even though Deontay Johnson has been getting most of the, uh, most of the balls this year, there's still plenty to go around. I doubt he's going to be there this week. And I think it's Juju's time to step up and I think he's going to shine. I can't complain about Juju. Dave, you have anything to say about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster? No. I mean, I think he's done what they wanted him to do. I mean, he, he has exactly what Brian said. I don't really know that I could, I could yeah. 
add anything more other than repeat it. So I should just not say anything. There you go. Sean Manahan <laughs> gave us $5 and he said they need shot plays with built-in screens for quick pressure, but Ben and the outlet receiver need to be on the same page. Well, that outlet receiver is the one that might not play this week. That would be Deontay Johnson. And he's the one that is normally not on the same page, uh, which could change the dynamic of the receiving court a little bit. We'll talk about that hopefully a little bit later. I'm going to go with Najee Harris as being a bright spot. This young man had a lot of, uh, we'll put, we'll just say we had, he had a lot of pressure on him as a first round draft pick to come in and, and save the day. And I, I think we're, it's pretty obvious, Dave, what you said earlier was spot on. If you don't have the line, it doesn't matter. But I think that Najee shows that a running back can matter. I mean, he's making at least something out of nothing on certain plays. We talked about it uh, last week. I'm sorry, the, the post game show. What would this offense look like with Benny Snell at running back? <laughs> they said <Yeah>. even worse. <laughs> so yeah. uh, and I think Najee Harris is going to break out. I think he's going to settle in. I do think the offensive line is going to improve as well. Um, it might not be by leaps and bounds, but maybe baby steps. But improvement is improvement. I think that Najee Harris is playing great. Um, I have him on my bright spot. Yeah, I can I jump in and say yes, something? Yes, go ahead. Well, because I kind of also want to clarify something that I said with my when I said about, you know, they took Harris and Frere Muth, and I really wanted them to address the line. I'm not saying that I feel like they were wrong because some people were bringing up the live chat, and they're exactly right. I feel that the Steelers got value for where they took their linemen. I think – Kendrick Green. I mean, my goodness, did we expect what did we say about Dan Moore when he was drafted? You know what? Let's hopefully he gets the Justin Lane treatment. That's what I said, where he doesn't have to play a, a, a single offensive snap and can just, you know, develop and learn and, you know, down the road. My goodness, he is the starting left tackle and has played every snap through the first two games. That is not what the Steelers expected. But you have to admit that it's, I mean, People people were bringing it up. I mean, Leatherwood went before the Steelers picked at 24. And Dan Moore's playing them better than he is. You know what I'm saying? So the Steelers really did get some good value picks. And honestly, I don't know that they would have had that game-changing lineman um, in this draft when you look at what everyone's doing right now. Maybe there was one. Maybe there's someone I've missed playing on a team that I haven't watched yet right now that they could have that they could have selected. So I understand what they did, but really the offensive line i mean it's that's the straw that stirs the drink if you know what i mean you can't really get much going on without it but you're right about Najee harris it just kind of goes to show you know everybody wanted the running back and i kept saying running back is great and he's going to pay off eventually but you got to try to get this line coming together first in order for anything to work brian any comment on Najee harris yeah i actually have a couple first of all when we go back to the draft there was that one lineman that fell all the way down to 23 and, oh, no. and the Steelers just missed out on him. And it was Christian Derrissaw. And if, but there's part of me that was glad that Derrissaw was picked there because the Steelers, I still think we're going to go with Najee Harris. And that, I thought that cleared up a lot of, you know, what Dave was saying, the, the lineman that you were going to get there was uh, not going to be as of much impact as what Najee Harris can be. So with Derrissaw gone, it kind of made it real. Okay, you don't have to hang that, that well, we should have taken Derrissaw on Najee Harris because he doesn't need that. One thing I like about Najee Harris, Najee Harris doesn't care. He's confident in his abilities. He's, he's not complaining. He's going out and doing his job. And you want the difference. Jeff made a great comment. And Dave, too, as well, when we were talking about what would it be like with Benny Snell in there? Because you see the difference between 
an average back and then a superstar for the superstar that Najee Harris is going to be just for the fact of what he's making out of no holes mm-hmm. and, and he's getting things done. So the one thing I'd like Ben to do is go to Matt Canada. If, if you have to go to Matt Canada and say for, for Pat Frymuth, go to Matt Canada and say, all right, we need to swing it out to Najee a whole lot more. You're going to get a lot of magic. If you do that, Jeff, it was a good pick. It was a good pick to say that he is going to be shine this weekend. He's going to break out, but it's not the fact that he hasn't broken out. It's not due to Najee Harris being inept. It's due to everything going on around him. And when things improve, you're going to be the men in the Hills are going to be singing songs about him. And where did I get that phrase from cheers also? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do one more before we take our break. Dave, what's another aspect of the Steelers or a player that's a bright spot? Oh man, I'm just focused on okay. I'm 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 gonna go the who I think is kind of obvious is that he was a bright spot last year, and the fact that he wasn't, you know, he was a dark spot in 2018, but hasn't been since. And that is one Chris Boswell that you can count on. Of. I mean, come in and set the Heinz Field record and everything else. I mean, that's something that you know that if you're if the offense is struggling and you're relying on the defense to keep you in games and you're going to be in tight games, knowing you have a field goal kicker that can come through for you is huge. And, and I don't know about you all, but when I, him hitting that kick in Heinz field already gives me more confidence that they don't have, you know, I used to have an idea how close I wanted the Steelers to be because of what I thought Boswell could do. That just bumped back five yards for me. I really feel like he's a bright spot and a strength to this team and can, if given the opportunity, can win them games this year. And it wasn't one of those low lining kicks. No. Like they, that in a golf terms, maybe it was just my family that said this, that was dead nuts. I mean, that's what we, that's what you say when you hit a putt and it's just like right in the center of the cup. Well, that was dead nuts. That kick was dead nuts. And I got a text from my dad Dead nuts from 56. I thought that said. was yeah. what's going on with the injury report. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, that too. Me. Those are different dead nuts. All right, Brian, <laughs> what do you want to say about Chris Boswell? I just feel right now that he is the most reliable kicker that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had for a long time. And I'm going to go back. I'm actually going to pass up Sweezum and Skippy Reed and say since Norm Johnson. Uh, I really, I really think that. Uh, I mean, of course, you, you can look at you can look at Gary Anderson and put him on that list. I mean, he's considered the greatest in history. But we've Tony and I have done a lot of retro shows, and we're like, wow, he missed a lot of kicks. And but he was around a long time, and he was he was valuable at a lot of points. But I really think that uh, Chris Boswell will probably go down in history as the uh as the best ever and it's funny because you know when he was going through that problem back in 18 you know jeff brought up the the golfing comparison and he brought up the word the yips and that was the only year that he was going and if you enjoy the show ted lasso and you guys haven't watched it yet you've got to it's amazing but they're not even allowed to say the yips that's just like that's just a bad thing you can't even say the word the yips and but boswell a lot of people were were ready to run him out of town but something was wrong and when he's right he's right and like you all said when he lined up for that 56 yard attempt or 50 what was it 56? 56. Yep. 56. Mm-hmm. And then we when he lined up for the 59 last year and got it. I was like, yeah, no problem. Because this guy is 
I have complete confidence in them. When they're if they're down and they need a score, I'm automatically thinking in my head that it's seven. I that's how I feel about Chris Boswell right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and in golf terms, you don't even say the word shank if you're ever on the course. Okay. Um, if someone shanks the ball, you you said was that the S word? <laughs> Just do that. All right. We're oh man, do- I, I know a couple people with that last name. That would be no wonder they don't play. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break for our, the audio listeners, audio only on our podcast platform. Make sure you head over to part two. For those that are watching live on YouTube or Facebook, don't go anywhere. We are not going anywhere. We'll be right back. 